Hey everyone, welcome to the Ray Hart Rundown. Hey, what's up guys? So the holidays are coming up fast. Yeah, and I'm so still fast. broke. I was going to say, did you buy? have you bought anything for Christmas? Nobody's getting not, shit, bro. Not a damn thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zero hey, don't things. Buy, don't buy me anything, bro. Because I'm not buying you <laughs> shit. You don't have to buy me anything. I'm good. I I'm have, way too broke I'm this the, holiday Christmas. I'm the this hardest holiday. person to shop for because anything I ever want, I will just go buy. Yeah, exactly. If I like absolutely want it, I will just go buy it. Yeah, and if there any of the other family is hearing this, y'all ain't getting anything either. So don't, don't buy me. Anything. I don't even think there's any of the family that listen to this podcast anyway. So I think yeah, we're safe. I think so we can tell them. I think we lost him at Hungarian bean whistle. That was yeah. That was probably about was like fifteen the... episodes ago. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So even if we said exactly what we were getting them on this show, they would not be none the wiser. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I did buy Dad um, a bottle of Brut Cologne for isn't his that, birthday. I was going to say, isn't that like that's what he wore way back in the day? Does he still wear it? No. Okay, then why'd you buy it? Because I thought it would be funny as hell. Was it funny as hell to me? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that no, Dad right was trash. all like, "Oh, that's nice." Mom's like, "I remember that." I'm like, "That's not what I was going for." That's, that's yeah. Not so what they I was go going nostalgia. For. I was like, waiting for uh, Mom to be all like, "That shit's disgusting." Why do you have that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember buying that for a, as a joke for a friend in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, like, like because he was, I don't know what it was. It was some kind of inside joke about him and like gym class was like the first period of the day. So it was like, dude, you stink all day long. And so we were like, we we got you hooked up this year, and we like bought him like the gift pack. Of <laughs> I think he threw it away immediately after <laughs> opening it. Like I think he literally got up from opening it, went through it in the fucking trash. I don't. That's and funny. I don't blame him. It was funny, but uh, okay. So holiday, holiday, holiday episodes. So we've only got a few episodes to do the holiday movies. We got a lot of holiday movies that we want to cover. Yeah, we're gonna do basically we're gonna do the probably the most popular ones. So there's some. I mean, I know there's some I mean, movies there's... out there that are that we'll catch up bits and pieces of that we'll be yeah. able to do some of the smaller holiday movies that we can get behind the scenes on. But like as far as like a lot of information is gonna come from the bigger films. Right on. You know what I'm saying? So we're like, well, we aren't, not in this episode, we're not going to do, but the next couple episodes, we're going to end up covering Elf and Home Alone. Oh, dude, I've got something about Elf. Christmas Story. Um, so. Just real small. It has nothing to do with behind the scenes. It was an article that I had actually read um, okay. the other day. This guy actually dressed up as Will Ferrell from Elf to meet his biological father for the first time. Yeah. In I, the I, read, I, I know what you're talking about. I read that. But go ahead. Yeah. Tell the story. Yeah, like, he actually, he's 43 years old. Right. And uh, I, his dad had never actually seen the movie Elf. Right. So he had no idea. He's like, my dad probably thought I was a lunatic. But his dad thought it was funny. Because, like, he even started to, like, sing the song. Yeah. I'm with my dad, and he wants me to sing him songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, hey, yeah, we've never met, and he wants me to sing him songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it, right. So he's like, when he came out of the oak, probably thought I was a lunatic. It was a really great way to break the ice. His dad loved it. But, yeah, I guess he um, he found out who his actual dad was because he found his cousins on Ancestry.com. Yeah. And they introduced – and his dad didn't even know that he had a son. Much like the movie Elf. Much like the movie Elf, yeah. Right. So I thought it was cool. There's a picture of him actually right here. He's holding a sign that says Dad with the candy canes in the background, and he's – Dressed up. I'll uh, I'll save it so we can post it on the Patreon. Okay. Yeah, I've got a lot of, from this episode. I'll tell you right now, I've got a lot of cool stuff to post to Patreon. Stuff that we're going to talk about. I'm like not even going to say what it is. I'm going to post to Patreon. 
Okay. I'm just gonna, it's just going to show up. So for all of our Patreons out there, make sure you keep an eye on the app or the website, however you check your Patreon, because some of the things we're, I'm talking about are going to actually show up on there. To jump right in and get started, since clearly we're not doing any shopping this holiday season. Nope. <laughs> you know what would be easier is if people just came out and said what they wanted. Oh, okay. Bob, I want an Xbox Series X. Okay, let me if I can, see if I can find one here. Hold on. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> okay, Nintendo Switch. How about that, that? That's probably a lot easier. That's probably yeah, you're not going to ever play but, it, but it's I mean, probably not going to ever. Do, do not buy me a Nintendo Switch, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and take that out of the cart then. Fucking drop $400 on me. I'm going to. I don't think they're four hundred dollars anymore, are they? I have no idea. But that's the thing nowadays is that that's all anybody ever fucking wants. It's all like, oh yeah, I want a fucking four hundred dollar game system, or I want a three hundred dollar fucking necklace, or so. I don't know. Well, necklace I kind of get. I don't know. Everybody just wants iPads and fucking because whenever you've got, I don't have any kids. That's my thing. I don't right. have any kids. Right. And. I have so many nieces and nephews right. that they all want iPods and or iPods. Wow, that just showed my age. <laughs> iPads <laughs> and shit like that, and it's just like, no, Psst. fuck off. You get a fifteen dollar Barbie <laughs> for all of them, for everybody, yeah. boy or girl, doesn't matter. Everybody gets a Barbie. Exactly. Everybody gets a Barbie. This way, they you you can all play together. Yeah, this See, is idea. here you go, Nathan. Your Ninja Turtles need some bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what he needs. Does he even have Ninja Turtles? I don't even think that's I even a thing. I, I don't think that's a thing. I, I think he either. is too busy playing Fortnite on his Nintendo Switch. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. See, that's See? exactly. Yeah, my point. you can't even get around it. No, Christmas just got to be too expensive. I think I talked about this last week. It, yeah, it's so commercialized right now. It's yeah. so commercialized. But anyhow, so so no kids. So yay. Yeah, you yay. would think that would be cheaper for you. <laughs> exactly. Except you got three other siblings who all have children. Yeah, you guys need to stop with that. No problem. Done. Talk to the <laughs> other two. <laughs> Talk to the other two. Alright. Um, as for the movies, there's you know, there's one movie that spoke to me a lot. I mean, I've seen it a lot because like it, I kind of I've lived this movie before when I was especially younger. And it's Christmas it's a Christmas film? It is a Christmas movie. Can okay. you guess what it is? Come on, Bob. You should know this. I do know this, but I'm you're gonna. It's your story, so I'm gonna let you tell. <laughs> I'm gonna let you tell it. I know. Just this friends. One. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, right? Ryan Reynolds and just friends. Yeah, man. I mean, that's. I got friend zoned a lot back in the day, so it's just it was one movie that I always found hilarious. Why do I you? Could... Why do you feel? And I'm, I don't want to go like too deep into like psychological bullshit, but why do you feel like you got friend zoned a lot? What what is, your, what is your reasoning or your thought process behind that? Um, well, one thing as I grew older is that I learned it's it's all about confidence. Right, it's all about confidence in yourself. And back in the day, I didn't have very much confidence in myself. Right, and so I just kind of missed my mark a lot of the time. And then it was like, oh well, he just wants to be just friends. And I was like, wait, wait, no, no. But it was, <laughs> it too, was late. too late, you know. So it was just that was all on me. Um, but either way, like this movie. It's fucking great. Plus, it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is classic, right? Yeah, exactly. Everything he does is hilarious, no matter what. So, you know. So, but I like how, like, in that movie, it was a studio production, but half the studio couldn't even get to the set. Why is that? Because they were, like, fucking snowed in in Saskatchewan. Is that where it was filmed at? Yep. Up in Canada. 
So it was snowed in. So they pretty much filmed it like an independent film where they didn't have nearly the crew that they So it was bare have. like almost bare bones. Yeah. So, so this it is... made it a lot easier because, I mean, filming an independent film is a lot easier than a big budget mm-hmm. film. You know, you've got less people in their hands on it. So, yeah, you've got those people that wear many hats, but it's a lot easier to get things done, in my opinion. When there's less people? Mm. Well, it's a lot. See, and that's the thing. Is like, yeah, it's, a lot, got... it's a lot easier organized, I would say. Well, and no, I guess that's not no, really that true. I don't know how true. else to describe it. I don't. It's not as chaotic, maybe. It's more fun. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's more of a tight knit group. Yeah. So it becomes a little bit more personal. Like everyone. There you go. A little That's bit what more, I'm looking for. More personal. Right. But I mean, like again, when you have more people on the cast and crew, there's a lot more things, a lot more wheels turning, a lot more gears spinning, so to speak. Right. You know that uh, the character in that Samantha James. Anna Ferris. Yeah. Right. Do you know who was the inspiration for that character? For the her the character she plays. Yeah. See, if I can remember the film, I would say she's like a singer in the film, and she's supposed to be, and he's supposed to be her agent or manager or something. He's yeah. supposed to be bringing her. He's supposed to be bringing her to Red Bull uh, Records. Right. And he, he has to stop for. in his hometown. He's a, he's a music producer. Yeah. Right. Um. I don't, I don't know. I would say. Like, uh... She was inspired by Paris Hilton. I was literally thinking that. Like, li- the inspiration so for that character th- Because she's, br- she's supposed to be bratty and like, oh, and whiny yeah. and all that, right? Exactly. And Paris Hilton auditioned for that part. And still didn't get it? And still didn't wow. get it. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. But also... Yeah, so it's Anna, it's Ryan Reynolds, Anna Ferris, Amy Smart, yeah. plays Jamie Palomino. Chris Klein is in it as Dusty. And it, originally, that was supposed to be Bradley Cooper. Really? But they were snowed in. Wow. Bradley Cooper couldn't make the trip up there. And, yeah, Chris Klein was already up there. Dusty Dinkleman. Yeah. Dinkleman's Dinkleman. going down. <laughs> but, yeah, so I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. And the toothpaste scene, do you remember that scene? The toothpaste scene? Yeah. So no. um, whenever she gets fucking tasered off of the second floor of the mall... And then Ryan Reynolds comes oh, back and home. She's, yes, and she's just eating tooth because she's whacked out of her brain. She's right. hopped up on fucking Vicodin. Right, and shit. right, right, right. Yeah, they. As soon as they were doing the scene, they're like, "Let's give her the Bugs Bunny headache thing and shove toothpaste in her mouth." Right. He's like, "If I had wrote that joke into the script, they would have said, what are you doing?'" So they just did it and hoped for the best, and it, it worked out for him. And just let it play out. And just let it play out. Yeah. And uh, Alanis Morissette. Actually, was in a deleted scene at the beginning, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he walks in, he's like giving out the Christmas presents or whatever. He's right. like, "Hi, I don't even know you. Merry Christmas!" Ha ha ho ho ho. <laughs> um, during that scene, he like walks up to Alanis Morissette or whatever, and she's all like, "Oh yeah, you slept with my assistant, never called her, and everything like that." And yada yada. And they had like this debacle back, back and, and forth. forth, right? They were actually dating during the time of that. And everything, so they found it to be. So know, it was hilarious for the moment because they right. were uh, Ryan Reynolds and Alanis Morissette while filming that scene. Yeah, were dating. This was two thousand five or two thousand four. Yeah, that they were filming, which is hilarious. But then they cut it. So, so the question I mean, is, it was is, just a quick little thing that didn't really. Right, it didn't really matter. Give but anything it, to the story. But at the all. question is, is was it cut? Was it cut because they broke up? They broke up. I don't know. 
And you know that whole beginning sequence, though, at the very beginning, that and I swear in the fat suit and everything. Oh, where he's singing in the mirror. He's singing in the mirror. And he's, yeah, well, was supposed to be. He's supposed to be younger or whatever. Yeah, when he was uh, in high school, graduated high yeah. school. Yeah, that was Ryan Reynolds' idea. Like that wasn't in the script. So it was all ad libbed and yeah. added on. Yeah, this would probably that would probably go back to like his whole, uh, like we said before, like where it was like let's just try it. Yeah, the toothpaste thing. Like, let's just try it, see what happens, right? And we'll go, and we'll just like see if it works or doesn't work. The yeah, old, and, and that's what, I've actually, stuff is always I've, funny. I've heard Will Ferrell actually say like he's like, all right, he's like normally whenever you're doing an ad libbing in a film or whatever, uh-huh. you do the take with what's written on the script, and then you just do a whole bunch of takes and you just let it flow, right? So that, like, it, therefore, you have what's written, but if you give them comedic gold afterwards, then you know you're in the clear. So, I thought that was that was a a really great way of of putting with the ad libbing and um and how they do it in films, but yeah. So the scene when the Christmas display gets destroyed, I don't remember it. Um, so Chris Brander or whatever Ryan Reynolds' character, he's going back over to Amy Smart's house to finally just be like, "Listen, this is like how I feel," type of thing. Well. Then Anna Ferris's character Samantha James finds out and like hauls ass whatever th- oh, with a car yeah. through the fence, smacks into the snowman and whatnot, and she gets right. out, starts screaming and whatnot. He's like, "Samantha, you're here! Shit!" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. It goes to try to call her, and then it hooks the the Christmas the lights, lights right. and just like chain reaction destroys the whole thing. That originally in the script. Was only he was going up to the house and tripped over and fell into the nativity scene. Oh, so he was the one that was originally supposed to. Yeah, it was like, just supposed to be a trip into the nativity scene and destroyed the nativity scene on right. accident. Okay. And then the director was all like, let's go back to this and let's fucking destroy everything. <laughs> that was the most expensive part of the entire film. Just that, just that one that scene. That one scene. Wow. And um, just because they. Destroyed everything. Oh, yeah. And the pyrotechni- uh, technicians loved it. They're like, dude, this is the fucking dream right here. Just blow shit up. Just bl- I get to just blow shit up because they did it over and over and over ah, and over again. It took a week just to do that one quick fucking 30-second take, whatever, if that. Yeah, that. And you know the body shake moment? Uh, dude, you really gotta watch that movie again. I don't watch it all the time. I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't even watch movies all that time, honestly. Um, so whenever he takes her out on the date during the day, oh, and it's like a hug and like a. Handshake it goes from yeah. Like he a, tried to okay, kiss her, remember, and then, right, and then right, it was right, just right. a body yep, shake. Yep, yep, yep. So that was actually based off of the true story of the writer. So is this a true? Is this a true story? This film? this film was based on an actual true story. Not like everything that happened in it, but like the premise of okay. being just friends and like and the body shake was a real thing. And I believe it was the producer of the film made the writer and director recreate the hug or what or the the, the body shake mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they see they were like trying to do the body shake and he's like, uh still it's not quite right as to how it actually was in real life so the producer made the writer and director do that in front of everybody he's like show me show me what the body shake was like (laughs) and like made him do it and everything but just to get the body shake right and then he was just all like i was just kidding man he's like (laughs) like the producer went up he's like i just wanted to see if you would do it i was just joking around just fucking with him he was just fucking with him yeah 
which I thought was great. Like it's always great to have that dynamic on a on a film set, you know. Yeah, the director, the director Roger Roger Cumble yeah. of Just Friends. He he's been like I don't want to say all over the map, but he's done so many different types of films. Uh, just for example, he did Just Friends in two thousand five. Ten years prior to that, he did National Lampoon's Senior Trip. Never even heard of that one. Yeah, he did two thousand two. He did The Sweetest Thing with Cameron Diaz, and he did nineteen ninety nine. He did Cruel Intentions, and Cruel Intentions two the year later. And this year he's doing one called After We Collide, and I think that may have already came out. So I mean, he's still. I mean, he's done. It's not a bad run, but he's done decent stuff. Yeah, popular and known stuff. When Ryan Reynolds had on that fat suit for the whole beginning of the the film, mm-hmm. the I mean, it took. Uh, I think it was three hours to put that fat suit on, or whatever. It, whenever they, done, I believe it's done it. in pieces. Like it has to be done in pieces, and then it has to be. Yeah, well, they had to like make a mold of right. his head and like all of that and everything, but. Once they had actually like put the fat suit on him, he said that it was so hot inside that fat suit that like, even though it was like fucking, I think it was negative thirty degrees outside or something like that, mm-hmm. and he would just go outside and just lay in the snow to try to cool off while in that fat suit. They even actually at one point like had a fucking a AC cooling vent blowing up his fat suit. Really. To try to cool him off. He wasn't in the suit very long, though, right? I mean... I mean, during shooting, I'm, I imagine he would be. Not I mean, like, film. but in the film, he's not in the... In no, the it was just the film. beginning. Right. The very beginning. But um, but during the filming, yeah, like, he just constantly was just trying to cool off, going outside. And finally, he went outside or whatever, and he went, like, out to the street type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, beyond the, the barricades. Right. And somebody was walking by. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes... I hear that uh, you know this movie is that they're filming here is starring Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan's standing there in the fat suit. He goes, "Oh yeah, it is. Ryan's in there right now." <laughs> they had no idea it was him. I That's awesome. love that. I yeah. love that to be completely incognito. Yeah. yeah. So and it, and that just reminded me of like what we were talking about how it would be great to be famous when you want to be, and, and then right. be able to be incognito like Frank Oz. Oh yeah. If Frank Oz walked up to me on the street, honestly, I know who he is. Right. And if I you know, saw a picture of him though, I probably wouldn't I could pick him out, but that's me. I mean you could pick him out, right. right. If he walked up to me on the street, I wouldn't have any fucking idea. And for those of you that don't know, Frank Oz is the one that does the voice in he's in the Muppets. He's in the cast of the Muppets originally. He's the he's the original voice for Yoda, Fozzie, Miss Piggy, Animal, um, Statler, I think it is. Um, I like how you just combined Yoda with the Muppets. Dude, I, he essentially... No, he, I know he does the voice of Yoda, does. but you're like, he's in the Muppets, he played Yoda. <laughs> like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm trying to tell... off Muppet characters. I'm just trying to like, tell wait, people, Yoda's like, the Muppets. he's... I mean, this is the voice that they've heard before. Yeah. But the face, you know, he did Cookie Monster. Yeah. So he's done... He is Bert out of the Bert and Ernie. So, I mean, he's done all of these different characters... But the cool part is, is that if he puts the puppet on that he's working with and does the voice, now you know you who know exactly is. who it is. You see, you recognize the character. You want to interact, right? But if he takes it off and goes into like the airport, nobody has any idea. And that that is he has described it. It's funny that you bring it up because Frank Oz has actually described it as like having a superpower, like being able to do like the Superman Clark Kent type right. scenario to be able to just at any given time that he wants to be noticed on his. Rec- you know his 
level or not obviously level, but uh, his skill set. When he yeah, when he wants to be recognized for his skill set or he wants to be known, he, all he has to do is literally pull out a puppet and start doing the voice, and immediately you know it draws a crowd. Right. And then if he doesn't want anybody to know anything, he just doesn't. You know. It's, yeah. No. It's exactly. Genius. So yeah. I think that's pretty much all I've got. I'm trying to. Oh, the reshoot. Yeah, I remember about the. Uh, the I remember seeing about the reshoot. It was um, the very end of it, of Just Friends, when mm-hmm. Anna Faris's character had broken into his house when he got back, or whatever, and he's he goes back to his house in L.A., throws his luggage just right. like over the fucking cliff and hits his car. Right, and he walks in, sits down, and then he sees the Samantha James's guitar, and then she pops up with the cookies. That was all reshot. That was not in the original cut when they actually showed the film to audiences, like private audiences, to get their feedback on the film. Right. There's like a select people that go and view the films at the studio. But yeah, yeah it's for marketing aspects and marketing research and stuff like that. So they loved Samantha James's character. They loved her psychotic character. Mm-hmm. And the original ending was supposed to be he walks into Red Bull Records and Samantha James has signed on with them. But now she's calmed down and she's found because of him denying her. Right. She found this like dark and ominous tone to her music and stuff like that. Oh, like a rejected type singer. Okay, So it it changed her character. And everybody was like, eh. Yeah. Like, no, we liked your psycho. So they reshot just the ending of her like tasing him in the nuts, going, "Why don't you like me?" <laughs> like, and and stuff, and then him like fucking grabbing her ankle when he's getting yeah. tased, yeah, and all of that. That was all just reshot in like a day. So and... it probably turned out better then. Yeah. Okay, so just friends. Yeah. So that's a little. Dude, that's such a great movie, man. It it's really fun. Is. That's the it's, idea. It's it, a fun yeah. romantic comedy. Surprisingly enough. Yeah. Uh, that happens at Christmas time. And there's always that fine line of defi- defining whether if it's a Christmas movie or it's not. It's like the whole big debate on if Die, Die Hard. Hard is exactly. Die Hard, Die Hard is Christ- a Christmas movie. I, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying there's always that debate if Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I had this debate with someone the other day if A Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. I think that the point of Nightmare on Elm Street Nope, Night- Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I told, dude, I'm told, I'm fucking exhausted this week. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I think the point of it was to be both. And see, that's the thing: is that do you watch it at Halloween time, or do you watch it at Christmas time? I think fans of both uh, fans of it watch it at both Halloween okay. and because they dress as Jack Skeleton in right. for Halloween, and then they watch it at Christmas time. So see, I think it's I think it's supposed to be a. I watched it for the first time this year. Really? You've never seen it never before? Seen, well, I've never seen it in its entirety. Let right. me say that. So I watched the whole thing. I sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to watch this film, and I'm going to see what it's all, what it, what is all about, because I keep you know catching bits and pieces. And I sat down, and I watched the whole thing, and I went, this is a Halloween film. To me, it it leaned more towards that darker, ominous Halloween vibe right. than the Christmas vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was very much like, okay, <clears throat> for me as 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 a moviegoer, as a, a film critic, if so to speak, uh, that I would need to like watch that at Halloween time, like that would make more sense to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? To gear it, yeah, it puts you into Halloween and then it gears you up for Christmas. Yeah, it just touches. It seems like to me it just touches on the the Christmas right. uh, you know side of it. So. 
But anyways, but going, you know, full circle from movies that are Halloween. I don't know how we ended there, but yeah. Uh, 180 to full-blown Christmas movies. Let's go. I've got one. I've got the inside scoop, a lot of inside scoop on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, John Hughes. Our ba- family. Go- going back to, I know, every. <laughs> here's the thing, family. everybody, every everybody single says. person relates. Every yeah. single person relates to the Christmas Vacation. That's the greatest part about it. It's, it is a John Hughes film. And every single per- every single person can relate to it because every single person sees Chevy Chase as their father. Yeah, like every it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter who you talk to. Every single person sees it because the father figure, even back in the eighties, back in the eighties and nineties, the father figure was always that one that was putting the lights on the house and like trying to you know yeah that's dad keep everything. I know that's what I'm saying. Like everybody, but but we're not the only ones. Like I mean, other people, even people listening to this podcast, go, I can totally relate to that. And I always see my father as Chevy Chase. Like it's yeah. do you know how many times that. dad was like, "Come on, Adam, we're putting the lights on the house," and then he just hands me a giant wadded ball fucking yeah. mess of lights. That's he well, goes, oh, why don't you start untangling that? And then he just goes off and starts doing something. Else. I'm like, Shit. yeah, that's why I would just sit back and watch you guys do that. <laughs> um okay when it took me like fucking four hours to get on the roof you really want to tell that story right now <laughs> do you want you want to dive into that you want to dive into the i was t- i was like 13 bro i was fucking scared of heights i had to bribe you to get on yeah the roof. you're all, yeah you did you're I, like i will buy you a nintendo 64 if you get on the roof right now i got up on that roof so goddamn fast you did not get on the roof so goddamn fast after that i did no but you still debated it because you really wanted a 64 but I'm pretty sure I got no, up there a lot debatable. faster. It was debatable. Faster no, than what you were well, doing. No, no, I got off, I, I got up the ladder when you said that. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, like I I got off the ladder and onto the roof. I just didn't move from the edge of the roof. No, you didn't <laughs> move from the edge of the roof. Meanwhile, I'm up on the roof, looking at you like, come on. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what the hell we were doing on the roof. There was no lights that were on the roof. Yeah, it was. What? We were all going up there for a family photo. That's stupid. After the lights were, were on stupid. there. And then dad did the whole, dumb. look what I can do, from Mad TV and jumped and nearly fucking fell off. You anyway, uh, Christmas yeah. vacation. Regardless, let's go. <laughs> let's go back. I may or may not cut that entire segment out. That's I'm just going to leave care. that out there. <laughs> uh, so, John, so National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is actually a John Hughes film. Taken from a short story he wrote called Christmas 59, published in 1986, National Lampoon magazine. So the studio came to... John Hughes and was all like, his vacation was great, and we did European vacation, and I think um, John Hughes was only listed as a like a writer or one of the creators because he made the characters of Clark Griswold and all that. Right. And because John Hughes doesn't do sequels. He's like not – he's not, uh, not into sequels. He's just like – it's always, everything should be like a one-time deal because after that, it's just kind of a rehash. So he, they came to him and they were like, look, we want another – you know, vacation movie. Can you give us one? And he had this Christmas 59 kind of in, in, in his back pocket, so to speak. And he's all like, yeah, I've got a basis for one. So I guess it'll kind of be new and different. I'll just use the same characters, but it won't be the same type of story. It won't be a rehash. So he decided to do that one. He sent the original script to Chris Columbus to direct it. So Chris Columbus was like on board to direct it. And he started, what else did Chris Columbus do? Home Alone. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Chris Columbus and Chevy Chase butted heads immediately. Just clash, 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 clash on how the film was supposed to go and this and that. So right out the gate, Chris Columbus was like, told on them, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to back out. 
I'll do something else. And John Hughes was like, well, I got this other script, and hands him Home Alone. Oh, right so on. Chris Columbus went off to do Home Alone, or get ready to do Home Alone. And they handed this script, or they handed Christmas Vacation, to uh, Jeremiah Chekik. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this last name right. Or his, yeah, last name right here. Jeremiah Chek- Chekchik. Now, this was this director's very first feature film. <laughs> Like, no he had only done, like, commercials and stuff before and short films. Uh, so they they handed him this and was all like, we think you can do this. So this was his very first feature film. And so he was, you know, after this, he ended up doing, like, Benny and June and a whole bunch of other films that you would recognize now. But this was his very first jump. So when filming, filming actually began in March... March 27th, actually, of 1989, and it started in Colorado and Breckenridge because they were like, oh, we were going to film. They ended up filming the um, the sled scenes and the go get the Christmas tree scenes, so they need snow. Right. So it was like, okay. So they go to Colorado. They go to Breckenridge. They go to Silverthorne. Um, they were all like, okay, we're going to get here. And they get, to, they get to Breckenridge, and there's no snow. <laughs> it was all like... No, zero snow. That sucks. And they're like, oh. So they start doing the logistics to bring in these trucks that have all the snow. And they're like, oh, we're going to just we'll just blanket this hill because we need it for this shot, you know, for the sled shot. So we'll start there. Da, 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 da. Literally, the day the trucks, were, the trucks were rolling up that morning to the set to blanket the place with snow, and it starts snowing. <laughs> and snowing. And snowing. And snowing. And covered the fucking whole place ten feet, <laughs> ten oh, feet shit. of fucking snow. <laughs> they actually had to wait <laughs> and clear snow out of the way to film. Wow! So uh, that's some bad luck. That I mean, it is what it is. So they filmed what they needed to film there, um, and they ended up going. And say, okay, for, so for the house scene, they go back to the Warner Brothers Ranch facilities, where is it's in Burbank, where the house is actually at. Now, for those eagle-eyed movie watchers, the, the next-door house, the one that the neighbors have, you know, like Margot and all of that. <laughs> Why is the floor wet? Todd, you know, all of that. No. Type. Right. So the Mar- Todd and Margot's home is actually the house from Lethal Weapon. No shit. It's actually, yeah. the house That house was, is on the Warner Brothers Lot Studio, and that house is actually from Lethal Weapon. In fact, when the, when the, when the crew for Nash Lampoon's vacation showed up to shoot at the house, you know, of course, next door to that one, the toilet from Murtal's toilet explosion was still sitting in the lawn, <laughs> and they had to clear it out because they had just finished, you know, Lethal Weapon. Nobody yeah. had cleaned up the set. So, yeah, so they had to clear it out. So <laughs> that was, uh, like I said, eagle-eyed people will be able to tell. Oh, this is Murtaugh's house next door. Um, no shit. Yeah. Let me let me say this. You know the opening? I have to, a little bit of information here. You know the opening scene on Christmas Vacation? How it's like a cartoon? It's like Santa Claus doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're playing that, they're playing that song, Christmas Vacation, yeah. all that. So that song, Christmas Vacation, was written specifically for the film. And this National Lampoon's vacation movie is the only movie out of the se- entire series to not feature the song by Lindsey Buckingham, Holiday Road. I love that song. Everybody loves the song, but this is actually the only movie that doesn't have it. Yeah, I wanted so, to put it in one of our shorts, but I couldn't because yeah, of copyright. Yeah, um, so the original opening is that animated Santa Claus-like thing. Yeah. And the studio 
was going to be reluctant at first to do an entire animation for this opening film or this opening sequence. sequence. So the director filmed like a whole bunch of other really bad, like op- like really rough openings that were dark or twisty or whatever. So that when he pitched the idea of the animation, they jumped on it. So like he kind of knew going in, like right. if I do it this way, and I think John Hughes was kind of like, this is how you need to do it. And so that original animation was a not one of the very first, I should say, openings for the film. There was like a couple of different ones. You just reminded me of the beginning of uh, Chris's vacation when he's like, hey, look, kid's a deer. And he points and flips off somebody. Right. Dude, dad used to do that all the time. Yes. I know. <laughs> like, I know. That um, here, side note, family side note, that station wagon that they're driving. Yeah. Is a sable wagon. Sable wagon. Get the fuck it out is, of here. It is. It's not the same year that dad had. But yeah. it literally is a sable wagon. Dude, I will never, ever, ever forget that sable yeah. wagon. So Because there was four of us kids. And because I was the youngest, I was the one that got to sit in the very back. Right, the one that faced the back. Yeah, so like, okay, for those of you that don't know about the sable wagons, so you know how like your vans now, you would have like the seats in the middle and the seats in the back? Well, in the sable wagons, you had your two in the front, Three in the middle, and in the very back, it was just like a laydown area, but you could flip up these seats that faced the opposite direction. And they were usually, like, the whole interior would be cloth. Those two seats would be leather. And the AC didn't reach back there. And the sun would beat down through the back window. <laughs> Your thigh would stick to the seat. <laughs> And like, and you'd be a little kid and you'd be like waving at cars and they'd wave and then flip you off because they thought it was funny. And then you use that same logic and then your dad sees you and turns around and smacks you while he's driving. You want to, um, through the other kids. You, you okay? Yeah. Sorry. Right. I'm just, back? I'm post-traumatic stress. Yeah, from clearly. Sable PTSD wagon. over here. We'll never sable wagon. It. I guess I'm not going to bring that up again. Anyway. Continue. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So the house now, though, it doesn't look, let me say this, the house from the Christmas vacation looks nothing, like I didn't even recognize it when I saw the pictures now, what it looks like now. But the neighborhood itself was it was used for that TV show, The Middle. Oh, okay. It's the same back lot, so to speak, same back lot neighborhood. The Middle, that's the one with the uh, the janitor from Scrubs and the wife from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, right? Right. Okay, right. yeah. I, I've never seen the show, but I know what show you're talking it's about. It's funny. It has its mo- I'm not a big fan, but it has its moments. Yeah. So, also, the movie, when it came out, it debuted at number two, like the opening weekend. It landed at number two. What was number one? Back to the Future 2. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, you can't compare. The yeah. Uh, the following week, it hit number one, and it, because it was the, ho- you know, the holidays, and it right. just went nuts after that. It was just for weeks on end after that, because everyone was in love with the movie. Uh, there was a sequel spinoff. Did you know this? No. Christmas Vacation 2. Oh, it was. With Cousin Eddie. With Cousin Eddie, yeah. yeah. Dad has that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. That came out in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> it only has um, three reoccurring characters from the original cast. Randy Quaid. Um, the one that I can't think of the lady that plays his wife in that yeah, movie. I don't know. And the daughter that played Audrey in the original Vacation. The original vacation. The original vacation is in that one. So it wasn't that. It was, again, 2003, and it was actually made for TV. So it was never supposed to. 
It was never a film film release. Does that make sense? Right. It was like how American Pie went off to make like the Naked Mile and right, Bandcamp all of that. and like all of it. It was just one of those where it's all like, oh well, we made it, so <laughs> let's right. just let's just release it now. The film itself has been released seven different times over the years. Originally it came out on VHS and Laserdisc in 1990. Mm-hmm. That was a year after the film actually came out. Uh, it came out on a very basic bare bone DVD in 1997. Then there was a special edition in 03, an HD DVD and Blu-ray edition in 06, the ultimate collector's edition in 09, and, as well as a Blu-ray DVD combo. And then they came out with a Steelbook Blu-ray edition in 2015. I think I own that. I don't know if I have the Steelbook, but I know I have it on Blu-ray. I just, but I, and I normally collect Steelbooks. But because of the way Christmas movies are done and because they're huge moneymakers, huge budget Right, money makers. Keep in mind the actors get paid every year. Oh wow! Like probably to this day. Why aren't we making Christmas movies, Bob? I, I, this is what I'm saying. I was just say I think uh, there was. Oh wait, we already did turn one of our recent scripts into Christmas themed. Right. I forgot about that. The um, so Diane Ladd, the one that plays Chevy Chase's mom. Yeah. She uh, she even said that this part that she did for the movie has made her more money than all the movies she did prior. Wow. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, she's actually only eight in real life. She's only eight years older than Chevy Chase. No shit. Yeah. So to play like to play his mom, she like really had to like like they put you know gray in her hair and all this other stuff right. to like give her that older look. And that uh, scene, if you remember when she shows up, when all the you know in laws show up at once. And they all kind of, and like this, the camera goes kind of crazy and they, they kind of rush in and they're kind of talking with everybody. Oh, yeah. And she's talking with Clark or, you know, and she, Chevy I Chase. Is, oh. <laughs> no, not, not even that one, but when Chevy Chase's mom, Diane Ladd, is talking with him, she like knocks on his head, open the mouth. Like that little sequence that she does oh, with him, yeah. if you watch the scene again, was totally ad libbed and they left it in. That was like just random. Oh, and right Chevy on. Chase went with it. Uh, the. The scene with Chevy Chase, like going nuts and and out on the front lawn. Yeah, he chops down the tree, brings it into the house. Not even that. Remember when he gets angry at the lights and he starts, going, oh, what the, oh. what the, what the, you know, yeah. and he starts doing all that, <laughs> yeah. and he punches the Santa Claus in the face. Yeah, like that little plastic Santa Claus. He kicks it. He kicks first, it and all that. Yeah. He punched it in the take, and it was after like it's like a couple of hits. He actually broke his pinky finger. No shit. Right there on set when he hit that. When he hit it, did he? He kept going though. Is that the? And that's why he used? kicks it. That's why oh. he stops and he kicks it because they cut right after that, and it cuts to the Santa Claus like, I think landing in the bush. That and the reason why it has to cut to it is because like they had to stop because he broke his freaking finger. No shit. <laughs> they just couldn't let him keep going. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I got here. Okay, so and going off of that same scene, you remember the dog snot? Okay, so. When they yeah. do get the lights working, and Eddie and his family shows up and all of that, then the dog snot is there. Yeah. Okay, so the dog is trained, clearly. It's an animal actor. It's trained. Right. And you remember the scene with the squirrel? Yeah. Okay. Where's Eddie? He usually eats these damn right. things. All that. Right. Okay, so the, origin, the original thing, the squirrel was trained to run through the house, to jump. Like, it was a trained squirrel. No shit. The dog and the squirrel trained for months. To run the gauntlet of the house, okay, so that they wouldn't hit people or they would crash things, do things a specific way. I didn't that. think you could train a squirrel. I didn't think so either. 
the day they go to shoot the scene after after a month or two of training, the trainer comes up to the director and he's all like, we have a problem. And he goes, what's the problem? He goes, the squirrel's dead. And they're like, what? <laughs> how'd, how'd the squirrel die? And the trainer's like, well, they don't live very long. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they actually used an untrained squirrel in that scene. So the squirrel running through the house is just the squirrel chaotically running through the house. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it was originally like a train squirrel that they were going to able to do certain like hops and jumps and stop yeah. and this and that. When Because of they had to switch to an untrained squirrel, the scene is just chaos and they just like let the cameras roll. So like it's an actual squirrel like running. I don't say kind of for its life because the dog's trained. Right. But like think about it. The, train, the squirrel's just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and just like, take it <laughs> off. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, he's just... Chaos. Squirrel actually thinks he's going to die. Right. Like, it's that type of scenario. Uh, <laughs> what about the squirrel whenever it's on the... Oh, I guess that would just be a puppet then, I guess. It was just on it was his back. Yeah, yeah. The one that was on the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, like... I don't want to say animatronic, but it was kind of a manipulated right. puppet um, at that point. Johnny Galecki. Let's talk about him for a minute. Johnny Galecki, who we all know as Leonard yes. Hofstetter from Big Bang Theory. Uh, he also was in Roseanne. He played David, the boyfriend of Darlene and Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Johnny Galecki, this was Johnny Galecki's very first feature film. So, this was his, like, first, like, he was 14 years old, I think, when he filmed that film. And this was his first thing. He was doing, like, little bit commercials and, like, industrial videos or something, like, you know, nothing big. And they flew him out there and they had him sit with Chevy Chase and do the scene. And... Because of his dry delivery, and because he wasn't a ho- one of the Hollywood kids that was trying to make a, you know, trying to be flashy or whatever, they were like, "Yeah, perfect, you got it. This is awesome." So Johnny Galecki was there, and he and Chevy Chase kind of—I don't want to say bonded, but Chevy Chase kind of took him under his wing and was all like, "I'm going to show you comedic timing. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm gonna t- since this is your first deal, I'm going to show you cool tricks to do." And he was from what. Uh, Johnny Galecki says Chevy Chase was one of the nicest people to work with. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's unheard of. Right, I know. (laughs) Usually that's not what you hear. But Johnny, I mean, this is, you know, he was 14 years old. And so it's... Right. But even to the point where, like, Chevy Chase would, like, I don't want to say point to him or nod to him during certain scenes. Like, clearly you couldn't see it off camera. But he would, like, point to him, like, and then Johnny Galecki would know to... That's what to say the line or whatever. So he would get his comedic timing down. He was he was kind of I don't want to say being trained or molded by Chevy Chase, but yeah, right. So there was a point where uh, Johnny Galecki, Jer- uh, Jeremiah Chekchik, the director, John Hughes, and Chevy Chase were all sitting waiting for them to set up the scene. I think it was the squirrel scene, and they were all sitting there waiting, you know, for the scene to get set. And Chevy Chase goes, hey, you know, in every single Christmas vacation, or not Christmas, in every single vacation movie, there's always a scene where Clark has a, a man-to-man with Russ, with Rusty. And, like, where they drink the beer, and then and, right. and the European, where he throws the hat off the Eiffel Tower, you don't have to wear it, son, all that. So there's, in every single vacation So film, wait, Vegas Vacation came out before Christmas Vacation? No, it came out after. Oh. Yeah, many years later. Okay, I was going to say, like, how come my timing isn't adding up in my head? Because, like, Rusty was old enough to win cars at the casino. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like, it, they, they always okay. change the ages of the children. It's it's crazy. But in fact, ahead. there is actually, side note, there's actually old Navy commercials 
mm-hmm. that they did a couple years ago uh, that Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo did a couple years ago where they're like, Old Navy sweaters, what do you think, Rusty? And they turn to one Rusty, and it's the original actor. He's like, I love it. And they turn, what about you, Russ? And they see another Russ. And so they use all of the – it's a great one. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'll show you the commercial later. But the – but Johnny Galecki – so Johnny Galecki, uh, Jeremiah Chekchik, John Hughes, Chevy Chase are all sitting there waiting for the scene to be set up. And Chevy Chase is like, hey, you know, how come there's not this scene? And John Hughes goes, well, I wrote one. There's one in the original draft of the script where they kind of have like a moment or whatever. I don't know what it is. It never never got shot. And so they're like, well, Chevy Chase is like, well, what do you think? And he's like, John Hughes is like, well, we can do it. Jeremiah, the director, is like, we can do it. And they turn to Johnny Galecki, and they're like, what do you think? And Johnny Galecki, 14 years old, is like, well, it was it was clearly taken out of the script for a reason. So it just seems to me like if we filmed it, it would be a waste, and we just it pulled out from the movie anyways. And they're all like, yeah, okay. <laughs> no Johnny Galecki says to this day he kicks himself every single day in the ass because he didn't get to record a scene within that moment. Like it could have changed the trajectory of his career. Right. You know, that to have one of those, like, I don't say intimate, but like, you know, those one-on-one moments with Chevy Chase. Yeah. So that's the only reason why that movie doesn't have that moment. It's because little Johnny Galecki was like, meh, I no don't shit. want to, basically. Yeah. So there's that. But again, like saying, Chevy Chase took took him under his wing, started like, let me teach you about comedic timing. And and in one scene where he's like, Russ, we checked every light, right? He's like, yeah, dad, I'm sure of it. He's like, maybe we could go up there. And and then Johnny Galecki like, oh, looks, look at the time. He's like, oh, look at the time. And he looks at his wrist and there's no watch there. That's a nod that he did to Chevy Chase's stint on SNL because on SNL. Chevy Chase would do that when he was on Saturday Night Live. Look at an empty wrist. Oh, look at the time. Like, you know. So he did that as a nod to Chevy Chase. Oh, that's cool. Like they kinda like they he kinda like gave it to him. But but Chevy Chase, when they would have their lunch breaks from the from the set, mm-hmm. he would be like, Come on, Johnny, let's go. Like we're on the back lot of Warner Brothers. Like, let's go check shit out. So he would take him to Harlem Knights, the set of Harlem Knights with Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. No shit. Yeah. And <laughs> he even took him over with um, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd on the set of Ghostbusters 2 and hung out. A four- Think about this. A 14-year-old hanging out on the set of Ghostbusters 2. Like, he was like... God, that would have been so awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. And, he's, and he admits it. He's like, it was, ama- it was amazing. And Chevy Chase was like, yeah, I'll drive you. Come on, let's go check it out. And they just, you know... And it's Chevy Chase. So it's Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd... Bill Murray, which is SNL, you know, original yeah. class, so to speak. So, you know, Chevy <laughs> and Chase. even Eddie Murphy. Right. And, right. And so he shows up. And, of course, they're like, hey, buddy. You know, everybody's friends. and Right. So, I mean, man, that's just cra- – would, that would have been amazing. Even even at 14, amazing. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, other key points about some cast members real quick. So the one that plays Aunt Bethany. You rub uh, my foot, I'll give you a whole quarter. Oh, not, a quarter. No, not not even that oh, one. Oh, that was the grandmother. Right, that's not even that one. But the the one that plays the little one, the little, she's like, they want you to say grace. And she's like, grace. Oh. They're like, the <laughs> blessing, you know. And she died 30 years ago. To the flag. Right, all United. that. Yeah. So she was the original voice for Betty Boop, the cartoon. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so that, yeah, the, the lady, I can't think of her name, but she played Aunt Bethany. She was the original voice for Betty Boop in the cartoon. So she's had a great career. Um, also the scene where she's arriving into the house mm-hmm. 
where they're back from the airport or whatever, and she's like, "Is your house on fire, Clark?" And he's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, Bethany." <laughs> yeah. When they come into the house, there's like a split second, and I. Uh, some people say that you can see it in the film. I looked a million times and I didn't see it, but there was actually a slight earthquake that happens when they were shooting, and it was right when they walk into the quake happened. They had to clearly stop filming, but I guess the scene. They, they used part of the cut or something from it, so apparently you can see the camera start to shake or something to that effect. I never saw it, but that's just a little crazy fact that there was an earthquake during the shooting of that. Wow, that's, I mean, there's so much. So also another little behind-the-scenes fact is when they're laying in bed and he, they're reading magazines and his hand's, like, sticking to the magazine because he's got all the sap from the tree right. and whatever, on the cover of the magazine he's reading which is like Life magazine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that the picture of the guy on the cover of that is the actual picture of the director. So oh, that's no his only little cameo in the film. Yeah, just if you're curious on who that is, that's him. And and the PJs that Chevy Chase is wearing, he literally kept all the way up until like 2015. So <laughs> he he still had, had he still was hanging on to those. And the only other thing I have is that when Chevy Chase goes off. And, like, goes, when he does his whole, like, when he snaps, you know, he ends it with, like, hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? Like, yeah. the whole rant that he does. Yeah. So, the rant, because the rant is so long and so chaotic, and it was written that way, the actors that he's ranting to, you can only see, like, the backs of their heads in some cases. They're actually all standing there holding cue cards with all the words on them. Oh, no shit. So, you can't see it in the film, clearly. Right, but for in order for him to be able to do that and still look at all of the people and all of he he was basically looking at all of the cue cards to remind him of what to right say. to remind him of what to say so he could essentially go off on everything. That's cool. So, yeah. That's a cool little trick. Yeah, and then of course there's other little things where you can actually um, sometimes the cast will talk about it. For instance, when Randy Quaid is doing the dog food when he's in when they're in the I think it's Kmart. Oh, yeah, and he crushes the light bulbs? Yeah, and he puts, like, the dog food up. Like, that's, the him, the dog food is not in the script at all. That was just him and Chevy Chase just one-offing each other. He put the light bulbs down and then crushed it? That's and then awesome. he put more, do- he put two more bags of dog food on top? Yeah, so, those, yeah, there's so many of those, like, little types of scenes. There was even a, a talk about where, like, Randy Quaid's character, um, Cousin Eddie, you can see that he's wearing the dickie. Um, under his white V-neck sweater, it's a black dicky. Like apparently that was, I guess, also Randy Quaid's idea so that you could see through it. He actually even wanted at one point to have like where you could see his underwear through his pants, but I guess that didn't fly or something right. like that, or it didn't just didn't work. Um, so there was a whole bunch of little things that the actors actually got to play with with their own characters that they were kind of were given, you know, I don't want to say free run, but a little bit of ad lib, a little bit of leeway to mess with. So, but some of the great stuff from that film, you can actually still buy today. Actual, like on the prop store? I looked. There's nothing on the prop store, but they make replicas oh, of the okay. stuff that you can buy. Like uh, the Blackhawks uh, ice hockey jersey mm-hmm. is something you can actually still get today to this day. And there's, I mean, there's other stuff. It's it's kind of crazy. There's an entire website actually dedicated to Christmas vacation collectibles like the moose mug and all of that oh, shit. stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But for the most part, I mean that is a lot of inside scoop on Christmas vacation. The movie was I mean it's considered a classic. Yeah. The the reviews that came back for it were always mixed, forever 
mixed reviews on it. But but it's turned into a cult classic. It is so turned into a cult classic. I don't know anybody that doesn't like that movie. Yeah. The only other thing I, I've always been up wanting to see is I've always wanted to see the deleted scenes. It's one thing to hear about them, but I've always wanted to see the footage. Now, there's only one instance. If you remember the beginning where the car flies through the air, like he like he pulls out from behind from underneath the truck. He pulls out from oh, underneath yeah, the yeah, truck. Yeah. He hits a snowbank, and the car flails through the air, right? Like, yep, smacks into the classic the trees. It's actually classic Christmas or it's classic National Lampoon's Vacation to launch a car. Right. They've done it in almost every film where they've launched a car somewhere. So they launch the car, and it smacks. When it first lands, if you watch the scene, when it first lands, it hits a sign that says trees with an arrow. Yeah. Well, there is a scene, and I only found a photo of this scene because it was on um, Colorado's Breckenridge's tourism site from a movie that was filmed there type thing. I found a black and white photo, a lot of black and white photos from their tourism site that shows the scene that was cut out or a picture from the scene that was cut out. But apparently they walk up, I guess they get out of the car to go buy a tree. And there's a guy in like a lawn chair sitting there. And that's all it like, again, there's no, there's no words. I don't know what the scene entails. Yeah. You can only go off the picture. And I think that's when they decide that's when Clark decides I'm going to get my own tree. And he goes out in the, the woods. I guess there's like oh, some no kind shit. of interaction there. So yeah, I've got, I've got the photo. Of course I'll show you. I'll have to dig up the, uh, the Blu-ray, see if there's any, uh, deleted scenes I, on it. I've always looked, I've constantly looked for that because I'm always curious about that scene because there's clearly an actor that would did that part. And I'm yeah, just, if it's out forever. there, I'll find it. Yeah. So, but there you go. There is the National Lampoon's Christmas vacation behind the scenes. Awesome. Well, I feel like recently we have kind of steered away from some of the Urban Dictionary in Florida, man, because started stumbling upon the same stories and stuff. And I, you know, sometimes I kind of forget if I already told it or not, but I think I've actually found quite a few now to last us a little while. So we do have an Urban Dictionary and Florida Man. That's good for you today. That's well. really that's really good because I actually had someone had somebody was talking about our podcast and was all like, "Hey, it's like I noticed that you don't do." the Florida man story or you don't do the urban dictionary every single time. So let me just, let me just clarify is like, if we, we have like a certain runtime that we try to meet and if it gets to be too long, then yeah, we won't. Yeah. We'll try to cut it back a little bit just to make it a little bit easier to, to listen to. But, but lucky for you, I've got some. So for the next couple of weeks, you will have some, uh, some more Florida man's for sure. But I do have one urban dictionary. Okay, hold on. Also, okay. let me just say that there was a request to hear to have an, at least another Adam story. So you better figure that out. <laughs> Aside from your, your little rant tonight about okay. uh, sitting in the back seat of the car, somebody has asked if there's going to be more Adam stories. So okay, I'm just gonna I'm just, gonna, right. I'm wow. just gonna put that out there. So awesome. So okay, we'll see. yeah. Actually, you know what? I do have an Adam story, and it's fucking recent. Oh, okay, you will, but let's. <laughs> this all, this episode's already running long, so let's let's save it for next time. Yeah, let's save that for next. <laughs> let's time. Let's save it for next time. Okay, uh, Bob Urban Dictionary. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Blood clot. Just straight up blood clot. Like the medical. Say again. Blood clot. B l o o d c l a a t. It is the Jamaican word. You know how they say like you know, yeah. blood clot. That's it's spelled C L A A T, but I'm sure that it's 
just somebody butchering it on Urban Dictionary. Probably it's supposed to be blood clot. Okay. I Yeah, no idea. I've never heard that phrase even remotely used. Okay. Well, I mean, the movie um, Shadas, which is – it was spoken in English, but it's such heavy Jamaican accent that they actually had to put subtitles on the movie. Okay. Okay. So but not Christmas. Not Christmas. <laughs> but um, that was pretty much where I learned the term blood clot and everything. And, and every time that they would say it, the subtitles would say motherfucker. Really? So that's the entire time I thought the blood clot meant motherfucker in Jamaican. Right. Apparently I'm wrong. Okay. You just realize this now. According to Urban Dictionary, it says, okay, nowadays a curse word. Shut your blood clot mouth. We were murdered in blood clot. So, yeah. So, apparently, I guess it would be a term. It's like still, motherfucker it still now. works. But the original, I guess, the clot, the C-L-L-A-T, mm-hmm. means cloth. Originates from times when cloths were used by women in terms of menstruation. Wow. So, yeah. But I just, I, I didn't, I did not know that. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, I have one Christmas Florida man story because there's not a whole lot of Christmas ones. You ready for this, Bob? I'm, I'm ready. Man was arrested in St. Petersburg, Florida, after police found him handing out marijuana to people on the street. Just Six- handed it out? Like, yeah. free? 67-year-old Florida man told authorities he was giving out the recreational drug because it's Christmas, bruh. <laughs> Officers- Dude, Christmas <laughs> weed. <laughs> Officers found him in possession of 45 grams of marijuana Whoa. and charged him with uh, intent to sell. He's not selling it. He's giving it out. He's giving it away. So how could they charge him with intent to sell? Yeah, oh, right? intent to distribute? Well, That's yeah, probably what it's pretty called. Much. Yeah. Same thing. Okay, okay. But one witness told Bay News 9, yeah, he was like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just handing out bags of weed. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Let's be honest. The That's cop kind of came awesome. right up behind him and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He was found with a glass pipe, a digital scale, and a sword hidden inside of his walking cane. A sword? He had a sword inside of his walking cane. Whoa. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I like this guy. I want to meet this guy. I, I want to interview this guy. I, I want to buy a walking cane with a sword. That's what I want to buy. Dude, they're out there. We used to have a security guard at one of my old jobs. Yeah. Whatever, when I worked at a nightclub. He used to carry a sword with him, just, but not in his walking cane. It would just be on his fucking side. He was this Russian guy. I was all like, he would just bring in a sword, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, you have to leave that in the office." Really? Just like, just like he would just carry it on his back, like Deadpool style? No, on his waist, like fucking a knight. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking crazy, man. But he was just like, ah, oh, free weed. Yeah, Merry he was Christ- just like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Why are you hitting? What are you doing? It's Christmas, bruh. <laughs> I love it. All right. So besides that Florida man story, how about the the Florida man that attempts to smoke crack in an ICU and almost burns down the hospital? Whoa! In an ICU? What was he in? Is what was he in the ICU or was he visiting the ICU? <laughs> I guess like there's a, really a difference, but he was. I it just says he was in the intensive care unit at North. Okaloosa Medical Center? Yeah, Okaloosa Medical Center to share with a patient there. Yeah, that's why. He was, okay, so no, he wasn't like in the ICU. He was visiting there and he was there to share his crack with a patient. 
on Christmas Eve. This is actually a Christmas story. Look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Florida man flashes his ass at IHOP after impersonating a police officer to get free food. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You can get free food if you flash your ass at IHOP? No, if you impersonate what, what, a police officer. Oh, he was trying to say, I'm a cop, give me free food? Yeah, apparently they get free Wait. food. I didn't know that because the last time I went to IHOP, I bought like six officers their meals. And that's probably <laughs> so, how they got free food. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's a 55-year-old Florida man, entered the IHOP around 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And told the server who asked if he had money, no, but I'm a cop and I get free food. Wow. That's what he said. Actually, so that's what he said. According to a police report obtained by the Orlando Sentinel. He then threatened to beat up the IHOP server and shouted, hey, buddy, before dropping his pants and exposing his ass to the IHOP employee. (laughs) And I will leave you with this one. Okay. Florida man bites off neighbor's ear because he wouldn't give him a cigarette. I was helping a friend out and someone decided they wanted to take a chunk out of my ear, said John Ott, the man who says he was bitten. Wait, what was that? What was the name? I was helping a friend out and someone decided- No, the name? John Ott. Okay. This all started because I wouldn't give him a cigarette. He comes up, puts me in a bear hug, and next thing I know, he's biting my ear. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, oh, I like the next one. I want to do the next one. So I'm going to give you five total today. Wow, you can just freaking hand them out over here like free weed. This is awesome. (laughs) Florida man claims wife was kidnapped by holograms. Holograms? Yep. Okay, what's the story, though? The man whose name has not been released was extremely agitated and holding a baseball bat when officials arrived. He told them that the men abducted his wife and that they used holograms to project signals on the walls to get him to do what they wanted and to communicate with each other. Their responding deputy located the woman in question who was at a nearby mobile home with with the man's aunt. The aunt told investigators that the woman was drunk and that no one had chased her. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, those Florida Man stories, they never cease to amaze. Yeah. It's always just chaos. It's always just constant chaos. But, I mean, that's, that's how this, that's Florida, that's how the state is, right? That's exactly right. So That's all I got for you for the Florida Man for today. <laughs> that's okay. And, unfortunately, no photos for any of them. Nothing, huh? No, wow. not any of those. But next week's will. Okay, so... um. Do you have anything else? Do you have any like tech news or anything? I, I mean, I got nothing. I dug into the the Christmas vacation thing, and I am still getting ready to, uh, I should say, send out the Christmas gifts from Patreon. Oh yeah. So those will be going out in approximately a week or two. They'll be showing up right before the holiday. It's fun stuff. It's 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 gonna be a yeah. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. And the um, didn't the merchandise change on Patreon as well? Uh, nothing changed. There's the loyalty programs official, and the uh, they finally got the mock-up for the director's level shirts. Oh, right on. So those are on Patreon now. But uh, we hope to have more merch coming to the merch store. But it's probably looking as like it's not going to happen until after the first of the year. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's where that's going to land. They did not get us in time for the stockings or the Christmas tree skirt this year. Oh so, my god, a peacock Christmas skirt would have been I know, been awesome. we had the plans, I had the plans all ready to go too, but they, it, again, it's, today's the 6th, we're recording this on the 6th, yeah. so if you haven't ordered by the 11th or the 10th for rush delivery to your home, you're not going to be able to get it in time for Christmas anyway, so. Right, that's true. But there's always next year. Yeah. So that's all I got. Hopefully in a better studio, but we'll uh, be here. A bigger studio at least. <laughs> bigger, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't say better this is still pretty nice so yeah we've got 
a couple more episodes for to finish off this season. Then we'll be we'll disappear for a couple of weeks and come back for season two yeah. and start fresh and new. And then in a couple of weeks, I will give you the New Year's Eve Adam story. Uh oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I won't even hear it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so they already started the music. Let's wrap it up. We will talk to you guys again next week, one week from now. Yep. So check back in with us, and uh, we'll, we'll have more behind the scenes of the holiday in the next episode. We'll see you guys next week. 